Amen. Lord, I thank you that you are the one that makes us brave. Lord, I thank you that you are big. You are a great, great God. And God, we give this time to you. But Father, it's my prayer that this wouldn't just be a Sunday thing, God. Father, I pray that you would ignite something in us today that would make us want to draw near to you today and every day. God, we thank you that you are so good. Father, we thank you for your love. And Lord, I pray that as we dig into your word, Father, we would just be inspired and encouraged. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, y'all can go ahead, grab your seats. Hey, can we please give a round of applause for this amazing worship team up here? There has been such a sweet, sweet sense of worship this morning. And, um, and I know that that is led from up front, but I really feel like it's out here too. So I just want to encourage you all, just keep pressing, and I love that. There's so many people here today. I love it. Okay, good morning, everyone. My name is Anne-Marie, and um, I'm one of the pastors here at House. And first and foremost, I just want to give it up to the mamas in the house today. I know we had you stand up, but you are worth celebrating all day long. So can we please give another round of applause to our amazing moms? You ladies are incredible. You are incredible. And right now, we're, um, Craig kicked off a, a series called Behind the Scenes last Sunday. And um, I just wanted to take two seconds to encourage each and every one of the mamas here, but also just the women here. Um, I want to thank you for your yes behind the scenes. Yeah. I want to thank you for your courage and your bravery behind the scenes. I look at this room and I see a room full of strong, amazing women, you know, and even women in training. So I want to just give it up to you. Uh, we are going to dedicate this entire service, obviously to God, but also to celebrate and honor the women in the room, whether you're a mama or a sister or just a spiritual mom, this is for you. So I think we can do better than that for our girls. So let's give a huge round of applause. Amen. Amen. And, and yes, I wanted to do this because it's Mother's Day, but also I wanted to do this because I'm following Jesus' lead in this. So here's the thing. God has this habit of partnering with amazing women to outwork his mission here on earth. Amen. And when we look into his word and we look at the Bible, we see countless woman after woman after woman after woman that God has chosen to partner with. And so I wanted to just start this off and call out the elephant in the room. Hey, that's why we're doing this today. Because God, yes, uses men, but he also uses women. And I'm sorry if that made someone uncomfortable today, but that's okay. Um, so here's the thing. I just want to start off and just acknowledge some of the amazing women that have gone before us, that have laid the foundation. We've got women like Eve, the first woman who was made in God's image. We have people like Sarah, a barren woman who received God's promise. We have women like 
Miriam, who was a thankful woman who knew how to worship. Rahab, a resourceful woman whose faith was rewarded. We have Deborah, who was so, so strong. The list goes on and on. We have Hannah, who was so devoted and gave God everything, the thing that cost the most. We have women like Esther, who rose up and stood her ground for such a time as this. We have women like Gomer, who are so beautifully redeemed. We have women in our history, woven into our history. We have women like the Canaanite woman who boldly came to Jesus, pleading for her child's healing. We have women in our history like Mary, a beautiful woman, a humble woman who was chosen to be the mother of the Savior of the world. Are you seeing this? This is our history. This is our foundation. These are women that have gone before us, and I think we can dedicate a Sunday to give it up to the women in the house. Amen? Amen. And if you still are wondering, like, has she gone rogue? Is that really real? Well, you know what? Even Jesus, when he walked this earth, he brought women along on the journey. In Luke 8, we see... I love it. It's just titled, Women Accompany Jesus and the Disciples. After this, Jesus traveled from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The 12 were with him, but listen. And also some women who have been cured of evil diseases or evil spirits and diseases. We have Mary. We have women like Joanna. We have women like Susanna. And all of these women... We're helping to support Jesus, the mission of God, out of their own means. God is in the business of partnering with women, okay? And what I love about this, what was so controversial about this, was the fact that in that day and time, women weren't allowed to sit at the feet of a rabbi and learn. So Jesus right here is making a statement and showing that all people are equal in God. All people are equal in God. Everyone has a seat at the table, amen? That is our God's heart. He is inclusive. He is inclusive. He wants to bring everyone along on the journey. I love that. And I love that Paul picked that up too. We see in Romans, he gives a huge shout out to some of the women that then after Jesus took this message, this gospel of hope and ran with it. He gives shout outs in Romans to Phoebe, who was a deacon. He gives shout outs to Priscilla, who her and her husband were just the dream team building the church in the early days. So brave, strong women run in this family of God. They do, they do, and I love it. And so what I thought would be so cool is if we could just hone in on two amazing women that we find in the Bible. And this was very hard to just pick two because there's so many. And I would really encourage you just to go in and dig in and read their stories. I pray that they would inspire you. I pray that they would inspire all of us. Because here's the thing, women or not, these are all takeaways that if we implemented what they got into our world, I guarantee you it would be a game changer for you. These are things, these are takeaways that we can all implement. So the first one I want to focus on is one that 
We might have heard, you might be familiar with this, this passage. It's called the Proverbs 31 woman. Are you familiar with that? So I just want to go ahead and read this, and then I want to just look into what's going on behind the scenes of this woman's life. Is that all right? Okay, awesome. You can take out some notes. You can take out your Bible. Um, I will be reading from Proverbs 31, starting in verse 10. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her family's servants. I love that she's feeding everyone. Just picture her as we read this. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets out about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for the tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear of her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gates, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity and can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her work bring her praise at the city gate. Whoa, what a woman. Like For real, what a woman. I mean, I gotta be real. Sometimes when I read this, I'm like, Oh, I like can't fill those shoes. <laughs> that's like a that's a tall order, man. She is phenomenal. Do you see the accomplishments? She's a phenomenal wife. She's a beautiful mama. She's an ambassador. She's she's a leader in the city. She's a realtor, a merchant. I mean, she can sew. She's so amazing. And I look at her and I'm like, how can I be like her? Like, how does she do it? Like, how do we do it? Maybe look at your list of all the things that you've got going on in your life. Wife, mother, maybe you are a coworker, a sister. I, I don't know all the things that you have going on in your world. But what is so beautiful is there is one source that empowers her to accomplish everything on her list. 
And what's so cool and what I want to encourage us, and I think a big note that we can take out of her page is this source that drives all of her success is also available to us. You see, she's wonderful, and I wanted to talk about her today. Yes, because she accomplishes so much. She lives life. She lives a full life, but she lives it to the fullest. But what's really amazing and the foundation of it all is actually found in verse 30. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. To fear the Lord I want to just pause and unpack that for a second. Because in today's society, the word fear has a lot of negative connotations, right? And there's, there's different definitions of this word fear, but here in the Hebrew, what, she's, what God's trying to get across to us is that it's her reverent awe and wonder of God that enables her to do it all. I love in other translations, I think we've got a couple up here of just this verse here. Um, the first one, and I like the Passion Translation says this, this virtuous woman lives in the wonder, awe, and fear of the Lord. And also in the Amplified, it says, a woman who fears the Lord, I love the Amplified. If you want to know what a word means, whoever translated this is like, setting us up for a win because they pretty much give you a definition of every word. It's so lengthy. Anyways, but a woman who fears the Lord, reverently worshiping, obeying, serving, and trusting him with awe-filled respect. That is her behind the scenes. That's what she's got going on. And that's what empowers her to live such a full life. It's because she's in constant awe of God that she chooses to rely on him. There's someone else that's behind the scenes here. We, we may not see his name, but his name is God. That is who she's relying on. When we see in verse 25 that she is clothed with strength and dignity and she can laugh at the days to come, who do you think has clothed her? Where do you think that strength comes from? This strength is not of her own. What we're actually seeing here, her story, isn't so much about her story. It's the one who's driving her forward. It's God. This story actually points all the glory to God. He's the one that sustains her. He's the one that strengthens her. That is her source. And it's available to all of us. But what does it look like to be in awe and wonder of God? Like, you might be asking yourself, why is he so wonderful? Like, what is there to be in awe and, and captivated by? And I wanted to just stop for a second and just paint a picture for you. I don't know if you've ever um, been to Arizona. <laughs> um, if you've ever seen the Grand Canyon. But to step on the edge and look out and see all that beauty 
those different shades of red and beige, and it's so beautiful and so intricate, and there's twists and turns, and it just goes on and on and on. That's what it's like to stand and look at the awe and wonder of God. He is so big. He is so grand. He is so great. To even try to come here today and put expression to how big and wonderful he is, is it's impossible. But I believe that she had that reverent, whoa, you are God and I am not. So I want to partner with you. I want to live my life for you. I want to do my life with you for you to be glorified. That is to live in the awe and reverent wonder of God. It's to stand It's to stand on the cliff of an ocean side and to just see wave after wave after wave after wave. He doesn't stop. There's no end to him. He is so grand and so big. And what I think makes her so brave as we see, she has no fear. When it snows, she has no fear. In the NLT where it says she is clothed with strength and dignity, she can laugh at the days to come. I love this translation where it says that she could look to the future without fear. And I want to tell you that God is bigger than any fear. I think when we hold him in awe and reverence and wonder of God, all of a sudden our fears shrink down to their true size. And we see just how big he is. We see just how big he will provide. We see just how great he is and how there's no obstacle too big for God. I think that she lived in this reverence, awe, and wonder of God, and it made her brave. It made her brave. It made her fearless because she had the fear of the Lord. That is the only fear we need. That is the only fear we need. I guarantee you that if you just get the fear of the Lord, that reverent awe and wonder, you will have no room for any other fears. That is what made her brave. That is what gave her strength. It was God all along. Amen. Amen. And so I pray that that's something that we can implement into our own life. I don't know what you're facing this week. I don't know what fear might be overwhelming you today. But I really believe if you take a moment, and you might have to do it again and again and again, but if you take a moment to just stay still and look to the grandness of God, you'll feel strong because you're not alone. You're not alone. The Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. We just got to get enamored and overwhelmed with that love. Isn't she awesome? Isn't he awesome? Amen. I love it. If I could sum it up, two things we um, we can take a note out of her page is to stay in the wonder of God. And also, every decision that she made 
You know, it says like she considered a field and before she bought it, and she was doing all these amazing things. I believe that she was going first to get the wisdom of God. She wasn't just giving of herself. She wasn't just giving her own ideas or, mm, I think this sounds good. No, she was constantly looking for the wisdom of God. It's not a coincidence that we find her story in the book of Proverbs that's completely about wisdom. Some even say that she is an illustration of wisdom with, you know, skin and bones on. Like, this is a woman who constantly goes to God for wisdom. Even at the beginning of Proverbs 1-7, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. She's not trying to go about life on her own. She's constantly going to to the Father to get wisdom. And we see that there's an overflow of that in her life. We see in verse 26 that she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. When we stay in awe and wonder and we go to him for wisdom, there will be an overflow in our lives. Don't you want people to get the wisdom of God and not just your own? I mean, that is what changes things. That's what empowers people. That's what brings hope. To stay in awe and wonder and to constantly go to the Lord for the wisdom of God. I think those are two things that we can take a note out of her page and apply them into our own lives. And I guarantee that your capacity will increase because all of a sudden, you're not operating out of just your own. You're connected to this source, this greater capacity. Amen? Amen. I love it. Okay, well, there's another woman I'd love for us to, to look at. Can, oh, sorry. Can I just say something? Yeah. Well, I have the microphone, so you just have to deal with it. Okay. Um, this fear isn't a fear that makes us turn away. This is a fear that's meant to draw us in close. And the more accurate translation of this Hebrew word, it's actually more translated like to fear towards God, to draw toward him. So his greatness and his, that he's so grandiose is not to make us feel so small and insignificant, but to be so enamored that we want more. We want to know more. To be in awe and wonder. Wonder is to be curious. To want to see and know more. And let me tell you, we will never stop learning about how good our God is. There is always more wonder. I don't know how long you might have been walking this life out with Jesus, but I want to encourage you that there's more. There's more wonder. There's more to explore. There's more. There's more. Okay, awesome. I just need to say that. Okay, so here we go. Woman number two. Mary of Bethany. There's a few Marys in the New Testament. It can get a little confusing sometimes. But this is Mary of Bethany that I want to talk to you about. The reason why I chose Mary of Bethany is because I believe she had that same quality that we found in Proverbs 31. She lived a life in reverent awe and wonder. And we see the byproduct of that life 
in, in John chapter 12. I think we might have that up on the screen. So I'm going to read it for you. The title of this is A Woman Anoints Jesus with Perfume. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived and Martha served. While Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him, then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. I think it's easy to look at that and see, whoa, that's an act of devotion. That's an act of wonder. But I want to break down like just why important this gesture is. So this perfume is not just any perfume. This perfume was imported from the mountains of India. This perfume would have probably cost about mm, your year's salary. And she has no hesitation but to get down on the ground at the feet of Jesus in front of everyone around and just pour this perfume at his feet. It even says that she then took her hair and wiped his feet with her hair. That is the most beautiful illustration of devotion, of awe and wonder of who God is. But here's the thing. This wasn't the first time she found herself at Jesus' feet. Mary had a habit at being seated at the feet of the Father, at the Son. You guys, I think that's where we're called to sit. That's where we're called to be, constantly longing and seated at Jesus' feet. That's where devotion takes place. And 99% of the time, it's behind the scenes, where we choose to be in awe and wonder, seated at the feet of Jesus. You see, we see this happen a couple of other times in the New Testament, but what's so amazing about Mary is... There's no other individual in the New Testament associated at the feet of Jesus more than her. No one else that we see in the New Testament. We see her first when Jesus comes and visits their house. Maybe you remember this story. You can find it in, in Luke 10. And Jesus comes and visits their house. And, and a lot of it, you see... A lot of attention go to her sister, Martha. So Mary had a sister, Martha, and a brother, Lazarus. And when Jesus comes over into their house, Martha, normally, she gets all the exposure in this story. <laughs> she's the hype, right? Because she's busy, a busy little bee trying to make everything ready for Jesus. She wants it just to be so, so perfect for Jesus. And Martha's heart is... It's in a good place, okay? She's just kind of missing the bigger picture here. But what we see is Mary. It says in verse 39, Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. 
Again, I told you, this was countercultural. Women were not to be seated at the feet of a rabbi. But Jesus encouraged it. He welcomed it. He made a space for it. And there's a couple things we can see from her posture in this moment. Her posture is one of a student. One where she's so eager to just listen and learn and to glean from everything Jesus had to say. But I don't think she was just listening to listen. I think she was listening because she wanted to live every single word out. Church, I pray that we could be a people that is constantly seated at the feet of Jesus. What do I mean by that? That's really abstract. What I mean is to spend time with God in your behind the scenes when no one's watching. To take a moment to sit and be present, but also to receive what he wants to teach you. To glean to every word he has to say and then to live it out. To be seated at Jesus' feet with awestruck and wonder, with a hunger to learn from the things of God. I think that's something we could definitely implement in our lives. And what is so amazing is what we see, we see a theme that when we live in awe and wonder of God, we become brave enough to do what he asks of us. She stayed seated at the feet of Jesus in the good times when it was exciting and it was, it was so new and there were so many things to learn, but she also stayed seated at the feet of Jesus when tragedy stuck, ugh, struck. We see just a couple chapters later in John, we see when her, her brother passes away, her response was to run straight to the Lord and fall at his feet. She was seated at the Father in the good times and the bad times. And, the God, and God just blessed her, blessed her with wisdom, blessed her with his presence, but also blessed her with comfort. We don't have to just be at the, feet of the, at the feet of Jesus when we feel like we've got it all together. I love that this lesson, that her life teaches us that that's a safe place to be no matter how we're feeling. And even more so, I think it's a place we desperately need to be when we feel like everything's falling apart. There is comfort at the feet of Jesus. There is courage found at the feet of Jesus. And I think because she made this such a habit, that when we go back to the scene here where she anoints Jesus with perfume, she's so brave. She doesn't care what people think. She doesn't care that she's out in public because here's the thing, God wants to prepare you in private for what he wants to do in public. The behind the scenes, it's our responsibility. But it's also our joy. So here we are again. She's back, we're back in the scene, and she's poured out this perfume onto Jesus' feet. And everyone around has something to say about it. Everyone's got an idea of what she should have done with the perfume. And some say, well, you could have sold it. I mean, it's a year's worth of wages. You could have donated that money, and it could have gone to such a good cause. And, and there's all this chit-chat about what she's just done. And Jesus silences them all 
and says, what she did was intended. Her devotion resulted in her outworking her destiny. Here's the thing. He even goes on to explain, you guys don't get it. You still don't get it. But here's the thing. What she's just done has prepared me for the burial that's to come. What she did, and God, mind you, chose a woman for this moment. How beautiful and inclusive, Lord. What she just did was fulfilling her purpose and God's greater plan and purpose for the world. It symbolized Jesus' death and resurrection. It symbolized just who exactly this man was. It symbolized, it was a gesture of, he is my Messiah, he is my Savior, he is King of all. And she got it. Where did she get this revelation from? Where did this happen? Seated at the feet of Jesus. So here's the thing we learn from Proverbs 31, to be reverent, to be in awe and wonder. And when we're going through it, those fears will shrink down to their rightful size when we see just how big our God is. But also we see that constantly seated at Jesus' feet, there's an importance of relationship. We can't just have one or the other. We're meant to have reverence and relationship. And that will result in a deeper revelation of who God is. So that's my prayer. Aren't these women amazing? (laughs) They're amazing. There's so much we can glean from, from every life written on these pages. But even as amazing as Proverbs 31 woman was, and Mary, bless her heart, so beautiful, that devotion, it wasn't of their own strength. It was God all along. So I want to shift the focus, and I'll invite the worship team up. I want to shift the focus to God. I actually want to ask you to close your eyes. And I want you to ask him to show him just one thing you can be in awe of today. It's my prayer that we would never lose our wonder of God. And I believe that when we have that wonder, we'll never miss out on wonderful opportunities that he's prepared for us. But let him show you why is he so wonderful. He is the creator of the heavens and earth with his words. The earth was formed. He is our mighty God. He is king of all. He is savior, redeemer, restorer. He is provider. And what I love is he provides for everyone. And says even the flowers and the birds. 
God cares for, so how much more will he care for you? Let's not lose sight of how great our God is. And as you start to see those things, I believe that bravery will start to rise up in you. I believe that you will feel stronger because you know who's with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He is so, so good. May we never lose our wonder. For you are God. Amen. I'm going to hand it over to the worship team. And can we just stay in this place of worship? Amen. Amen.